for today and next week's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. And I think a lot of people have different, um, uh, like different things are stirred when you hear this word. So some people go immediately like demons and they're like really gung ho about, Hey, I don't want anything you know, dark or demonic and the witchcraft and the Harry Potters and all that kind of gets lumped in. And then we have some people on the other spectrum who are like, it sounds crazy that you would even talk about spiritual warfare, that that's not really as big a deal. And we want to just kind of give you a little, just some things to think about uh, because it does impact how you um, go out and win your world because there are things going on around us that are very real that just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not true. Right. Yeah. And I, honestly, whenever we go back to, because we, we all have different, like you said, have different opinions on this. Rach and I, we even can fall on different uh, sides of this sometimes. Sometimes Rachel will share how she feels about something. And I can be slightly dismissive because it feels like everything is spiritual, like all, all that kind of stuff. Everything when. Yes, right. So, <laughs> um, and and, and I, honestly, she probably is right. You know, like I I want to I want to understand things more, whatever. But I, I think it is good to hear that even us, who I, I would say that we are, we fall into alignment on a lot very, of things. And, and again, by and large, we we are in alignment on this. But if you're one of those people who, you know, it's like, gosh, I just I just feels overly spiritual. Well, you know, uh, instead of defining your reality by how you feel, because that's what's so hard. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of times I feel this way, so this is it or whatever. But whenever actually how we're supposed to get our feelings and our thoughts and stuff like that is more from a biblical perspective. And so um, I know that you had highlighted, uh, and we'll, we'll hit it in Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, but the one that always comes to mind for me is Ephesians six, and Ephesians six talks about uh, the the warfare that we that we're walking through and things like that. But if Ephesians six twelve, uh, it talks about for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, which I, I use this passage all the time. It's really something that inspires me to think about the heavenlies. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so um, it, it would be, it's easy, I think, to sometimes to, uh, for lack of a better term, hide in the natural because it's so much easier to understand. Mm-hmm. But if we really want to win our world and have a supernatural impact, that happens in the heavenlies. So the, let's ask this question. Let's just kind of slow down for a second. There, what is what does that mean? Like what... What is the spiritual realm? What is he- heavenly places? Are those the same thing? So when you say, when we talk about this concept of realms, what does that mean? Okay, so <laughs> I, I, here's the best way. Here's the best way I would put it, and I think we learned this relatively recently from a guy named Chris Valentin, who is again hyper spiritual guy, um, but biblically talks about the heavenly places and really uh three heavenlies you have the you know when god created the heavens and the earth like you have you have this this place that we sit right here in the natural right 
And then you have the second heaven, which is referred to in Ephesians 6, like the heavenly places where the spiritual warfare is happening. And then you have Paul um, in 2 Corinthians refers to a man who was caught up in the third heaven. So the third heaven, it, again, just the be- some of this is spiritual speculation because the new heaven, new earth, like like that, that's that's for later. That's not for now. So mm-hmm. we don't have all those mm-hmm. details now. But the third heaven would be like seated with God, like it's above that battle. It's all that that that's where I would say that's where Jesus is sitting. When he says sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, that's the third heaven. Like there, like there's total peace there. That's actually where I, our identity is. In in, in um, Romans eight, when it says the Holy Spirit cries out with the Spirit of adoption, Abba Father, like that, like that is set. But there is a war waging war being waged right now. You know, we see it in Daniel when Daniel was praying and and, mm-hmm. and so, like for for breakthrough and stuff like that. So when you say the heavenlies, that's what I would say that is. And then again, I, I'm sure we'll get into it. But like what those what those spirits are, what that warfare is like, um, I think is it it does matter. But I think just a place to start from. No matter where you fall on like the spiritual spectrum, I think it'd be good to tell the the story mm-hmm. of the girl in your group. But from a biblical perspective, so from God's perspective, the spiritual warfare is real. Our our struggle, our battle, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. I think that one of the best tricks the enemy has done and really pulls us away from prayer and things like that is have us focus on that everything is natural, you know, that it's all circumstantial, that it's not spiritual. And it gets us thinking about things that they are, they're just, they're just natural and they're not supernatural. And we, cause whenever you think about it, like, like I tend to think about it where it's just about a person or their attitude or, or circumstances that makes our struggle against flesh and blood. But that's the total opposite, or not the opposite, but that's very different than what Scripture says. Yeah, so I think what's helpful so that we have, like, so that when we use the term, we're all on the same page. We are spiritual beings having a natural experience. And here in the natural, there are things we experience that are just legitimately natural. And like, for example, when we look at Moses and he's splitting the Red Sea, it was a very natural thing that God asked him to do, which is to, you know, put the stick up. Right. (laughs) But there is a supernatural existence that we do not see, but it is real. And however you want to articulate that, which is second heaven and the third heaven, but there is a place happening right now that there are forces of heaven and forces of hell that are going at it, that are fighting, and we have a part to play in that warfare. How would you say that word right there? That Greek word. Yipranios. Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I would have. Yeah. I don't know. So the word that Rachel's trying to say, um, which she did way better than I would have, that's Epiranios. that is the Greek word that is used <laughs> in Ephesians six twelve that is referred that means the. Sp- Fear of spiritual activity. Mm-hmm. So this is not like Rachel and Zach are overly spiritual and stuff like that. Like the Bible is clear, there's a realm of spiritual activity 
that's happening that matters, that there are strongholds and strongmen in. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, one of the verses I pray every day, and then we'll, let's, let's start to get there, but is Matthew 12, 29. And I, this is whenever I start to pray for our family, the church, and our nation. I pray uh, Matthew, or sorry, I pray um, uh, Daniel 9, 20, a repentance, and then at, uh, Matthew 12, 29, which is binding the strong man, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it's something in Chronicles. But like the strong man, like this isn't like just spiritual jargon or something like that. This is this is a biblical worldview that matters to God. Yeah, and so if uh, we don't want to, and this is stuff that we've actually experienced. So these aren't we aren't just speculating about uh, things, the demonic and hell. Like it, there is it is real, and it's and um, we had this an interesting experience. We weren't married yet, um, and we had I had a girl in my young adult group. And she, uh, I got a phone call and she said, hey, are you free right now? And I said, yes. She said, could you come over to our friend's apartment? And she said, um, I said, okay. She said, well, you may want to bring your Bible. She just growled at me. I said, I'm sorry. Hmm. What? And she said, yes. And I said, like, demonic possession growled at you? She said, yep. It's <laughs> like, Okay, so I hang up. I immediately call Zach. I'm like, "What are we? What are we? Uh, you need to come call your dad." Is what I told him to do. I was mm-hmm. like, "Call your dad and have your dad meet us at this address to cast this demon out." I had never gone and dealt with anything that had the language is used like manifested. Mm-hmm. Um, so this demon was literally full on controlling this girl. And we get to her apartment and uh, tell him. So Zach calls his dad and tell him what your dad says. Well, I was past my dad's bedtime, so it was dark outside. So dad was like, because dad's done that kind of stuff. We, I hadn't, we hadn't. And dad and was. And I had heard stories. Yeah. And dad was like, well, man, you just got to be prayed up and just go in there pure and just cast that demon out. And I was like, and that was it. And he hung up and I was like, Oh my gosh! What what in the world? So uh, we we go over there, and I it, again it was it was it was a wild it was it a was wild experience. So wild! But what was interesting is um, this demonic force was speaking and talking. That girl was not there, mm-hmm. and it was not like hey she had some split personality or I mean it was the craziest experience, and she. Um, in particular, was not very happy that um, Zach and I sh- showed up. Um, yeah. And then, uh, but we really did for, it was two hours of praying. And I had another friend who showed up. And uh, so there were four of us who were just praying over this young woman and a lot of wrestling and conversation. And eventually that demon, we cast it out. Yeah, I, I think interesting, just some takeaways from that experience whenever uh, which I don't know why it ended up this way, where I'm primarily talking to her, um, which that probably should have been that way. But uh, she would really, she attacked me, not physically, but with the words. She was like, hey, you're just the pastor's son. You don't have any authority. Like, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. And it wasn't that girl. I knew that girl. Like, she was very, like, it wasn't her. Um, so was, that, was, that, was, that was just really odd. Like, that, that was weird. Another thing is I would actually say the hero of that situation wasn't Rachel or I. 
it was a young lady named Madison who had so given her life to Christ. And she, and she was, had actually experienced demonic possession yeah, and she, been delivered. She showed up at where, where we passed her out at Faith Promise. She showed up on a Monday night where Celebrate was happening, didn't know why she was there. She just walked in into the lobby and said, hey, I'm supposed to be here. And she worked with the prayer team, got delivered. Uh, but the last thing I would tell you, and I think it leads one to what we're going to talk about, is that I would talk, I would, I, we'd start talking and we'd start making some progress. And then she would say, I have to throw up. And because she had drank a whole bottle of wine, you know, that night. And I got to throw up. And she went to the bathroom. Hours before. Yeah. And so probably like her fourth or fifth time going in there, what I would realize is that we would start to make progress on the lies that she would never she throw up. She'd never get sick. Things like that. And so it was like, hey, whenever she goes in there, that 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 demon is just getting back control of of her. Like she's mm-hmm. going back in there. She's getting back control. She's getting away from the truth that we're speaking. So she came back in, and I said, "Hey, let's get a bowl and put a bowl down." And somebody prayed and just said, "God, would you just turn that water, um, that, or would you turn that wine in her in her stomach into water like that?" And this had been like hours previous. Like we've been there at this point. And this was at the very end of it. Yeah. We had been there for hours, and she had my friend had already been there. A long time. So it wasn't like she was continued to be inebriated or she was not like, she wasn't yeah. that she was drunk. She literally was, this was this thing that she kept using yeah. to gain control in the situation. And it really was, I think that that's something that we, we discount is that there, that there are demonic forces and they, they want to have authority in your life and you yeah. get to choose what you give authority to. Right. And I think, I think that's just a, it's a great, in that microcosm, obviously very intense, like a caricature of we're in there praying, talking scripture, having like like a very spiritual conversation about freedom. And then she would go get alone and, you know, be in there for three or four or five, ten minutes until we're like, hey, you got to come back out. And uh, she would be getting back, like, like starting to meditate and ruminate on the lies that had got her to that place. Mm-hmm. Something else I would tell you, just some takeaways from that moment um, that lead into into some of these examples of strongholds is I remember when we were talking about like this, this demon in her life, whenever when we would talk to the girl um, and she would say, Hey, if I let this lie go, this is always stuck with me. She said, I'll disappear. And I was like, Hey, what do you mean by that? And she was like, this is, she, I think she had some trauma with her mom and she was like, Hey, ever since then, this is what I've believed. And this, this is, it, it had, it ended up being a, a demonic stronghold in her life. But I just thought what was so wild is that we can believe something to such an extent that we think like, if, if I don't, if I don't believe this, receive this, if I don't live this, then I don't even know who I am. Um, and so just, but knowing, having the confidence, cause I, I would not say we were we were like confident that we'd never done it, like oh, no. all, all the things. And I don't know that you're ever hyper-confident in a situation like that, but we were confident that if she would let go of that lie that she was believing, that God had a truth that was exponentially better for her. And that's mm-hmm. what got us. That's what, what, that's why we were able to keep on pushing because we did believe with integrity. We did mm-hmm. believe like to the core who we were that God had something better for her than what she was dealing with. And she ended up, uh, you know, being free that night and stuff. So it was but great. But it, it does lead into the strongholds that people Well, and can it does. Have. And actually in, in other situations, because since then we've had other experiences, there have been times where 
there's been demonic manifestations and that tends to be and even when there's conversations about strongholds which we're going to talk about the bot what it's been articulated as the bottom so this lie that you believe or whatever this this belief is that you hold to that defines you if i released that or i chose to if i if i step away from that and i don't claim it anymore then i don't just she used the term i don't exist but i remember one person saying the bottom will fall and i'll just fall like and i'll never stop and i was like and so just knowing like hey what we what we believe um and this is why it's so important we're going to look at, you know we talked about ephesians 6 but uh second corinthians 10 Verses three through five says this, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the, de uh, the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And this is why we do that. Because there are there are demonic forces that want to that want to steal from you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And it is it is his aim that you, a son and daughter of the Most High King, would not walk in your divine purpose, what you've been set apart for. And we believe the Bible, all of it, not just some of it. So I think it's really important that we say, okay, well, what is this? warfare that we're talking about and this concept of strongholds and the strong man and we wanted to just touch on that a little bit today so that we can kind of start to discern in our life hey where where is there some spiritual warfare that i haven't engaged in there is a war happening which means you are whether you like it or not, you are engaged in it because you're a spiritual being, again, having a natural experience. So where is it that I've I've been ignorant and now I'm going to position myself that God would just open my eyes, that I would be aware of the enemy's schemes against me, against my family, against the people around me so that we can walk in the freedom that Christ died to give us. Yeah. And, and again, it's, this is, this is not, again, not natural, obviously, because it is a supernatural thing, but it's not normal for us either. But well, and I always feel like just so that they, I feel nervous having this conversation even because you never know what people are going to think about you or what they're going to take away from it. Or so I just, I am confident these things are real. I've had these experiences and still insecurity would come at me yeah. and to, to raise awareness of it. That's what's well, funny. I don't, I don't feel like scared or nervous. I feel rushed. And I, I would think, and maybe, I don't know if that's a male, female thing, like, but I think a lot of people, their issues, they feel rushed. And mm -hmm. so, like, I can't see this. I don't, like, there's, there's, for lack of a better term, there's more important things like getting to work on time and getting a good review and, mm -hmm. and, and get, getting my family here or there or, or, or whatever it might be. But, like, this, like, you, you actually use a little bit of a, you know, John 10, 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I can't, I never say that right. Still, steal. 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 Yeah, but your your redneck comes out. Still kill destroy. Say that one. Ouch. That hurts. <laughs> what are you laughing at back there? Um uh and I won't even say it again. But Jesus says he comes he comes to give us life and life abundantly. Um but again, like it's it's just so and just just to go back, like 
in Daniel 10, so if you want to do some of the studying, like Daniel 10 is probably one of the best glimpses into like that spiritual warfare and mm-hmm. prayer and stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and that. But um, I, I just think we get so rushed. And a scripture that we used recently that I've actually incorporated more into my spirit, into my sorry, into my prayer life, yeah. you know, is is Romans eight twenty six that says the Holy Spirit helps us even when we don't know what we ought to pray. And this is the part we don't like with uh, wordless groans. Mm-hmm. And so, like that, that puts us out of control. Like mm-hmm. that puts us where. And and Paul talks about it in First Corinthians fourteen. Um, you know, and, and he talks about the importance of praying with intelligible words, yeah. but then also praying in the spirit, you know, that edifies yourself and God. And so I've, I've just been trying to do that, like trying to grow in this right now. Like, so we're, you know, stepping to leading faith promise and making some decisions. And we're trying, we are, we're not trying, we are building a culture of evangelism and equip people to win their world. It'll be our kingdom contribution. I mean, there'll be millions of people saved because of this vision that God's birthing. But I'll just feel these rushes. Of spiritual warfare, like it happened yesterday, and that you don't realize that's what it is in the moment, but you feel this rush of insecurity or this rush of anger or shame or whatever it might be, and and stopping and calling it out for what it is, mm-hmm. um, and so because the the enemy is fighting, but are we fighting? You know, because what you, you read that second yes. Corinthians verse, right? Yes. And so the weapons of our warfare are there that we don't we fight with not weapons of the world. On the contrary, but I think we should stop there. And is that statement from the Bible true about us? Do we do we fight as the world fights? Mm-hmm. You know, or if you just just the two verses that we talked about, Ephesians six and Second Corinthians ten. You know, Ephesians six says our battle is not against flesh and blood. Second Corinthians ten says the weapons we fight with are not out of the world. But if we took an inventory, are those two scriptural truths? truth about how we fight, about how we live, about how we think. Well, and we are not against, like, I mean, there are there are things that we experience where, hey, you do need medication and, uh, you know, you see a doctor and you or therapists and those kinds of things. And we're not discounting the natural. It does exist. There are, like, the natural is real. You're living in it. Um, but there is there is a supernatural. And I saw this meme, which you'll, uh, it's, it's funny. And it says this woman in the meme, it's a picture of Jesus and this woman. And the woman says, Jesus, there's a demon in me. And it says, woke Jesus says, well, then go, then you should find a therapist. And there are things mm-hmm. that we're experiencing that do not have a natural solution. They require a supernatural solution. And so if you say, hey, how can I discern the difference between something that's natural and something that's like supernatural, you say, hey, like, how do I know this is spiritual warfare? And what I would say is kind of going back and saying, okay, my, am I experiencing something and now it's caught into, it's become habitual. So particularly, you, you're experiencing something and now it's become habitual. So um, I would go, like, if there's a sin that you have, so let's just start with sin. And this is how you would articulate what is a stronghold. A stronghold is when you find yourself in this habit and you cannot get free from it. You have your you've you've done the work, like you want to say the work, like you've you've worked you you've got accountability set up. You are it's out in the light, and I'm talking about, but I can't get out of it. I can't get free yeah, from and it. Just just so because we haven't said, or maybe you said it earlier, but mm-hmm. just to bring it back, I, I read that verse. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, 
And here's where the word you keep using comes from. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's right. So you talk about strongholds. Mm-hmm. So like that, that is, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, my, my mom, uh, who is a prayer warrior, she taught, she taught us I love Michelle uh, to pray, uh, all, all, all parents on both sides are, mm-hmm. are prayer warriors. But, um, I do, I do love that. The, uh, you know, the, the strongholds and Rachel has something in her hands you know, that my mom gave her about... Uh, a packet, 20 years old. Demolishing uh, or, or overcoming the strong man. But again, go, going back to, to what you said, um, I think something else that's really important is, um, you know, because you have the whole habitual thing and then like something that continually happens. Well, and something that's got power over you. Yeah. Well, you aren't, because ideally... The thing that has power over you all the time is is Jesus. Like you're surrendered to the to the Holy Spirit, and, and that that's what I was going to say. Is I think if if you don't have like a, a space and a place to continually hear from Jesus, I, I don't I don't think you'll you'll hear or know the contrast of the things that aren't Jesus, mm-hmm. because the world. I mean, again, like in in like marriage counseling now, like porn is a thing, like to get each other going. Like I mean. That that's so opposite of what Jesus said in Matthew five. If you look on a woman with lust, you know you are you're committing adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's so important. But then also just going on on the stronghold deal, which this was a revelation had literally while we were preaching um, around Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, then turn from their wicked ways. You're talking about strongholds. You're talking about breaking those down. Well, I think another reason people can't get rid of strongholds is they're trying to do it in their own power. They're mm-hmm. trying to will their way out of pornography or out of greed or out of anger or out of selfishness. And it's not, it's not, it's not fat. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you diet your way out of fat, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. you, like uh, you, 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 you do natural things for the natural problem. Mm-hmm. But like if, if it's a supernatural stronghold, you're not going to natural your way out of that. You're not going to die your way out of that. Humility, prayer, seeking his face, then you can turn away or break free of a stronghold. Well, and I think what we do is we start with the natural solution first because there are consequences. Like we experience natural consequences out of the strongholds that we experience and the, and the spiritual struggles that we're wrestling with. And so there are things that we, we start with the spiritual that's our first place we go. Mm-hmm. And then we move outside of that to say, okay, well, so this is, and that's what's so good about the, about God. He'll give you revelation. He'll give you wise counsel. Hey, is this a spiritual thing that I'm just struggling with? And, or is this a natural thing? And, or is it a little bit of both? So what are some examples of, you know, a stronghold? It might be Bitterness or unforgiveness. So like you think of revenge or feel hatred towards a person and or you're feeling angry and resentful all the time. Like there is this thing that's that's in you or you are obsessive and you worry or afraid. You worry about your kids all the time or your future, or your fa- family to the point that it not just like you worry about things like, oh, hey, I have a concern, mm-hmm. but this is something that steals your joy. There are all so like when you start to think about things that are they they take from you this the things that God's given you. So I always go back to the fruits of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If I'm in a space and there's something that continually comes back and is stealing from me the fruit 
of a spirit that I have been, that is my inheritance that I get to have because Jesus died on the cross Mm. and I've been given the Holy Spirit. So anything that's coming to steal, because that's what the enemy does, that's stealing my joy, that's stealing love, that's stealing patience, then I need to ask the question and God will, again, he'll help you, but we don't ever go to him when we're feeling these things. Our first knee-jerk response is, and I'm I'm that way. I have a, a friend of mine, she goes, she said, I'm just frustrated often. And I never once said, hey, have you asked the Holy Spirit, is there a sin or is there a stronghold that has invited that in that ha- that is stealing from you the uh, peace that Jesus died to give you? Yeah. My knee-jerk response was, hey, you know, have you have you processed through with your counselor? Like, have you talked to a counselor? Right. And I, again, I love my, I have a counselor. I love my counselor. Helps me process and make wise choices. But, um, we also have to start in the right place. And I think that those, I mean, there's tons of examples, many, many, but if you just think about, Hey, I'm so obsessed with being perfect that it drives me to control everything that I do or, you know, my ego is so fragile. I'm so selfish. Yeah. You know, there are things that steal from us the, the freedom that Jesus died for you to walk in. Right. And, and that would usually be a stronghold. Totally. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about this next time. But if I if I could just just encourage you, elevate you, uh, ho- hopefully in this moment, really change your paradigm. And uh, in, if you read Paul's letters, um, you know, 1st and Corinthians, things like that, specifically in 2nd Corinthians, I believe it's cha- chapter 11 or 12, when... Um, Paul says that the, the that God gave him a thorn in the flesh. He prayed mm-hmm. that God would take it away. He said he prayed God would take it away. Then he put what God says in quotes. So like Paul is quoting what God told him that he said that um, my uh, he said that uh, my power is made perfect in your weakness. That 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 verse right there. And uh, something that it's really I've been connecting with this is in with that verse in. Romans eight twenty six, where we let we we get our our natural out of the way, and we let the Holy Spirit communicate with God, and we're a part of that. And so, what I would tell people is to do what you're saying, to pray, but then stop and ask that question. Mm-hmm. So, like at the end of my prayer time right now, I'm ending in Romans eight twenty six, and I'm praying. So we have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of heavy things, a lot of things we're praying. And I just and I just pray and I, at the end, I, all, all all my prayer and supplication requests, all those things, and I just prayed and I just listened. And uh, on Monday, I just felt like what the Lord says, it's going to be okay. And I, I wrote it in my journal. And you may say, "Oh, Zach, I, that that makes me nervous that you would like say, oh, the Lord said this.' Well, there there's a box that's built by Scripture, and I know my Scripture. I I, I know my Scripture, and you can know it too, and you should know it." But that, that, that scripture has built a box, and I asked the Holy Spirit for words and realities and revelation, and I'll know if it's outside of that box. If it's outside of scripture, I'm not going to go believe something. If he said everything's going to be okay, if you go and get you know the, a cross tattooed on your forehead, that's not, that's not biblical, right? A face tattoo. And so a face tattoo, I don't know that that's ever out of the question, no Mike Tyson action, but um, I just want to encourage you guys uh, to let God set your supernatural reality. Um, and I, in, in the next podcast, because we didn't get to cover it today, I think we need to talk about um, 
the commitment that we need to have mm -hmm. to attacking strongholds, not just in our life, mm -hmm. but in the world around us Absolutely. and the people we love. So guys, if your purpose is to win the world. It's nothing less than that. It's nothing, anything less than that is a lie from the enemy uh, and really a stronghold he's trying to put around you. So I pray that you would live um, and, and do war in the heavenly places like God's allowed us to do. We love you. Win your world this week. We'll see you next week. Oh,